Welcome to the Here We Are, So Here We Go podcast with Pastor Mark Holm, helping you to apply faith to your everyday life. Pastor Mark is the senior pastor at the Log Church in Cross Lake, Minnesota, as well as the executive director of Faith at Home Ministries. Today's episode is part of the Home Makeover series based on Pastor Mark's popular book, Faith Begins at Home. And now, here's your host for today, Brian Seward. Here we are for our final time together in this series on the home makeover. And we are basing this on Mark Holman's book, Faith Begins at Home. Once again, if you don't have a copy of the book, uh, I think you'll uh, enjoy having a copy and being able to access all of the additional helps that you'll find in the book, including family makeover ideas and activities and some discussion guides and that sort of thing. Please uh, go to our website at faithathome.com. Uh, to see more information about how you can get the book or just go on to Amazon and and search for Mark Holman uh, and his book, Faith Begins at Home. Well, this last session together is on the church makeover. And there is a lot that we could say about it. In fact, Mark, uh, you have written um, an entire other book on how the, the home and the church works together. But today, our discussion, we want to try and focus in on the mom, the dad, the person at home, whatever home looks like, and what their role is at home, and what does it mean for the church to come alongside and to work with, you know, that situation. So it's faith at home and faith at church and and how those two intersect. But Mark, we are in a different reality now. From the time when you wrote this book until now and you know whatever part of the pandemic that we're in or maybe post-pandemic uh, it really has changed uh, how we do church and how people view church and the role of church mark you are a senior pastor right now at the log church how is church different and how people view church and that role in their faith life and experience and faith walk well, I tell you what, this has been a heck of a journey, um, as I'm sure it has been for other generations that have preceded us. It's, it's kind of we've watched the church over this period of time. I remember growing up and I thought church was just so boring. I mean, churches were so disconnected, irrelevant. I went to this little church and it was just painful to go there. Um, it was just seemed outdated. You know, you just, I didn't get the robes. I didn't get the liturgy. I didn't get the understanding of it's also behave, behave, locked in, just felt so confining. And am I, am I venting good enough on that? It was just, I just was not a fan of church. And yet I was a fan of God. I was a fan of Jesus. I just couldn't. And so for me, and that was again, because I grew up at that Bible camp. And so where faith was more active and real and alive. And so I never kind of got into church and I never, church wasn't influential to me. It was a necessary thing that we had to go to. So I definitely had had that. And then, then you watch and then over, geez, we watched the church over the last 30 years now wow, has it changed? And now there are large, I mean, the church just seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger and contemporary worship and smoke machines and videos and music and the programs, the facilities, oh my goodness, children's ministry. I know one church that put, I don't want to talk about the amount of money that they put into their children's facility with slides and fish tanks and 
and we've created these, I mean, they're campuses now and multiple campuses now and things that happen at church are like, oh my goodness. And the children's programs, I mean, it went from felt boards, whatever that back in the day, right? And to, to now, oh my goodness, the technology and the equipment and the pageantry and the crafts and the games and the music and the, uh, I mean, it's just the children's ministry now and the youth ministry. Oh, the cool looking youth rooms and youth pastors with tattoos and, and dark buildings. And I mean, it just, yeah, it's just like you go from the light of children's ministry to the darkness of youth ministry and everybody loves that. And it's just cool and awesome. And, and you just kind of go, well, so it's what I've seen during that. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. Church is so not near as boring as it used to be. And in fact, it's gotten very enticing and very appealing and attractional. And, and it's also made it hard for smaller to mid-sized churches to how do you compete with that, right? When they get the big ones that get going. And, and so what happens seems to have happened over this time that the church has gotten better is that we as a people, when we had no choice before, because church was boring or didn't have a lot to offer, we had no choice but to kind of, if faith was going to get talked about or passed on in any type of way, it was done at home. You, prayer was in the home. You prayed at mealtime, prayed at bedtime. It was, and and then it was like, well, now church is giving us more and more options, and those options keep getting better and better, and, and now I can't compete with that. They just do it better than I do. So I'm just going to put my kids there. And it just becomes this over time. And that's started to slowly happen is now as parents, we outsource it's and churches that do church well grow and get more people coming to outsource and more people coming to outsource because the church is so good at it that it just makes it easier and so now parents are feeling that that's, and then it's normative and that's just doing it for us. And so I guess that's the first thing. And, and, and then, and then what, well, to complete the story. So we in the faith at home world have been trying for the last 15 years to say church, don't lose sight of the home and parents and grandparents don't lose sight of the, don't outsource it just to church. I mean, it's good that they're in church and getting that, stimulation and motivation and inspiration and practicality, but they need more than that. And what happens at home is more influential. And it's felt like at times, like we're talking to the wall, right? Like it's been like, could anyone want to pay attention to the home and, and more. And, and when you're a pastor in the church, it's, you get all consumed with doing church and doing church better and better and better that I don't have time to focus on the home. I just got to keep doing church better because I'm in competition with the other churches that are trying to do church better. And it has become this really hard. So that, and so for us in the faith at home world, we've been trying to get the home on the radar of the church and on parents to realize, don't just think you, because, and, and you need to see church differently. We were trying to say, see church as a resource, not as outsource. And so a resource to help you do it in the home rather than, and outsourced. And in church, don't be the outsource. Don't be the best at outsourcing. Be the best at resourcing. Resource the home. Resource men through men's ministry. Resource women through women's ministry. Resource, equip, inspire, motivate people to live it at home. So that's been our work. And and then we weren't, it's just been hard work. You know that. And, and then here comes this pandemic. 
mm-hmm. where all of a sudden it's like we've been trying for years and i mean some of the nation's biggest churches kind of we've we're real close to getting them to consider thinking about faith at home but they literally told us you know, that's, yeah, but that's not something we want to focus on right now, or it doesn't really fit our mission, or it doesn't fit our, we're like, how does faith at home not fit? But anyway, and then you go, pandemic hits, and now at church has been taken off the table, shut down, no more at church programs, no more at church services, no more at, at church is no longer an option. Well, guess what? all of a sudden churches had to say now what are we going to do oh we should figure out how to do faith at home church at home and then name your church log church at home we came up with a whole log church at home tlc at home thing that's on our website providing tools and resources for the home and then parents are now put back in that place that all those fancy programs all those services aren't an option anymore so now they're left going now what do we do and so parents are left in a spot trying to figure that out and churches are left so to me this is an opportunity in all things god works for the good of those who love him in all things god is going to work we keep loving god i think and as we and i love god just as much now in the midst of this pandemic because i loved him without the so now in all things i'm seeing god work he's changing us as a church we are having and here i am the faith at home guy and i'm our church was not pressing into at home nearly as strong as we are now and now we're providing more things for the home and then on the other side of the fence the people sitting in home have no other choices so they are having to do it at home more so to me, this is a great opportunity for us to get back to where we started, Deuteronomy 6, how it was meant to be biblically anyway. And so home is primary, parents is primary, and church as a resource that is inspiring, motivating, and equipping the home to be the primary place. And, the, and, and because now we have no choice as a result of this pandemic. So this isn't a bad thing. It's, it's different, but I think God's literally taken us right back to Deuteronomy 6. Yeah, it is. It has been tremendously clarifying as as I talk with different pastors and church leaders, and we're talking today to parents and and those who are doing this stuff at home. This has been a clarifying time, uh, mm-hmm. just in in coming back to the basics of what is faith about what is the role of the church what is the role of the home you know one of the things i i I couldn't help but notice during the pandemic number of restaurants you know i think of mcdonald's that were closed down for some of the time here they had these great facilities uh that they couldn't use the facilities uh for some of the time uh there's one guy who started that i know started he called them ghost kitchens. And um, he said, we don't need to have a big facility because what people are looking for now is they're just looking for the food. So he'd set up these ghost kitchens um, and, um, you know, not have to have these big facilities that sat empty all the time because people were just after the food. And, and I couldn't help but think of how that is like church, you know, during the pandemic, during some of the most intense times of the pandemic, where you had these multi-million dollar facilities sitting empty and sanctuaries that have sound and lighting that were only used 
to shoot a video for Sunday mornings during, you know, certain times because people couldn't meet. And, and a lot of pastors and leaders during that time trying desperately to get back to normal, get back to the, you know, where we can have people so that they can have people at the church and, and do what they thought church was all about. You know, and, and a lot of pastors, though, and church leaders, and whether it be even children's ministry leaders or youth pastors, pastors and so on, that they're, they're just thinking, what is it that I'm all about? What is it that this ministry is about? It's about impacting people's faith and that that happens best at home. So how can I help that? How can I, you know, force during the pandemic, but how can I take that good experience of it now being at home and parents really rising to that? And how can I come alongside them and continue some things on after that? Um, But Mark, one of the dangers that I fear coming out of the pandemic um, is not just the outsourcing that we saw before. I think we've learned some things, um, and lots to learn there still. But there's the opposite extreme where we say, well, the church isn't important, and we don't need to be involved in the church. And one of the keys you have at, uh, at the end of this chapter is Satan wants to keep you from becoming part of the church because he knows it can help you and your family. How can the church help the family? Well, I tell you what, um, I think one of the misunderstandings that sometimes gets attached to faith at home is that we don't need church or that maybe we're anti-church or maybe what we need to do is get rid of all the church programs and, you know, just, and then it needs to be all in We've never said, I've never said that. I love the church. I love the bride of Christ. I've been serving her now for over 25 years. I get to be a pastor at an amazing church right now. And I tell you what, she's the bride of Christ. I mean, we're not only called to be in love with Jesus, where you love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. But if you love Jesus, you can't be anti his bride. Like, that doesn't work. It's not like you can say, I love you, Mark, but I just don't like your wife, Maria, man. She just, I just don't like her. Well, no, that's that's fighting words there. That ain't going to work. Um, it just, that's not it. And the church is a gift that God has given to us. And she is to be nurtured. She is to be cared for. She is to be um, lifted up. And I kind of get tired of the anti-church banter. So I want to be clear. I'm not anti. I was. It's actually, I'm thrilled to see the advancement of the church and the resources that have been poured into the church and the time, the treasure, the t- and to see the church advance and to see the church evolve and to see the church grow. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And we need to be cheerleaders for the church. We need to be involved in being engaged. And I think that's the other side of this pandemic, because I think at first everyone thought, huh, kind of no big deal. You know, this will kind of be cool to worship at home in our PJs with our dog sitting next to us and a cup of coffee. And, you know, that's better anyway. And, 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 and of course, on the other side of the fence, pastors, kind of the inside joke always was ministry would be great if you just didn't have to deal with people, right? That was kind of a, I didn't say that out loud. But anyway, well, that's one of those things that you sit there and go, and now we're sitting there going, I miss the people. It is not fun doing church without the people. That just doesn't work. And I think the people are finding out it's just not the same sitting at home and not having any connection 
with the church, which is the people of God. Again, the church is not a building. The church is not a pro. It's the people that make up the church. And it's the laughter, the, jo- the hallway conversations, the how are you doing? How are you doing? What's going on? You're, oh, you're, I'm sorry. You're, I heard your dog just died. And how can we be there for you? And do you need anything? And it's the, the one anothering that happens within a church, the encouragement that happens. And, and don't get me wrong. The church is also made up of sinners. When the church is a people, so we got to be clear. Is there going to be sin within the church? Yes, the church is not perfect. Only Christ is. And so at the end of the day, the church is going to make mistakes. The church is probably going to hurt you. The church is going to be things that happen within the church. Sin is going to happen. But then we try to help each other through that. Heal, follow the principles that God's given us in his word. When someone hurts to you, go to them one-on-one. But I am telling you, I think a lot of people are finding out now that we can't do this without the church. And so but the church does still need to be, but I'm kind of, the at-home thing helps, and the at-home thing is much different, and if we stick with the at-home thing, so the beautiful combination is it has, it's almost like God designed it that way, right? It's for home to be primary, and the church to be the bride that is the place that is resourcing us and equipping us and inspiring us and motivating us to continue living at home, and those two live in relationship. They complement one another, and they're there for one another, and so we see the church as an extension of our homes, and it's like that's our, that's our greater living room. That's our extended family. That's our extended home. That's the community that we are a part of, that our home is a part of. And I like the image. I forget which pastor uh, gave me this image, and it's been so long ago now. But kind of the former uh, the picture was or the story was told that, you know, a pastor was talking about how, you know, what I want to do is we want to work really hard. So I'll just name my church let's say for that, at the log church here. We want to make, we want to come together and work hard as a church so that if you were to fly over the city of Cross Lake, you would see the light shining bright from Cross Lake, from the log church in Cross Lake, that you would just, because that the light of Christ would be just beaming from here. Great vision, right? But then God got a hold of his heart and he started to realize that it's about the home. And he said, you know, I've been, I've, I've been wrong all these years. Now, he said, our new vision is that what we want to do as a church is we want to make sure that the light of Christ is shining in each home, apartment, in this community. Because if we can do that, then this community will be lit for the whole world to see. And so the role of the church is to spread the light of Christ out into the homes and then have it be lived. And I just think that's, and so that's what we want to encourage parents. What are you looking for in a church, especially now after the pandemic? Let's please not say, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep putting my time of doing it with my kids at home until church reopens. And then once the programs get going good, then I can just give it back to them. Please, no, no, let's not do that let's, okay, let's change. Let's become different. And now let's maintain that and strengthen that as we go back. And then we start asking the church to continue to help us in the areas where we are weak. And so if you're struggling to say, well, I don't know how to talk to my 13-year-old about this. Okay, come talk to us and then we'll help give you some tools and resources. I love when parents come to me with Here's what I'm dealing with with my kid. Do you have anything that could help me know how to talk to him about this or address this? Or what, what about technology? Where am I supposed to put the boundaries on that? There are, we have so many great tools and resources today that we would love to show you, that we would love to put into your hands, and that we would love to give to you and point you to that will help you 
Do whatever it is you need to do at home. So see the church as your resource. That's don't just go to church. This is something, but, but when you go to them, ask, get what you need. Come ask us. We'll, we'd love to help you. Churches uh, play such an important important role. Uh, it, when we say the church is a resource, we don't mean that it is an unimportant thing. We mean it's a very vital thing. But you know, Mark, as a pastor, uh, your greatest desire is to see the gospel go forward for pe- for people to love follow uh, love the Lord and follow Him. Um, you know, and you pray to that end. But I, I wonder sometimes if pastors, if the Lord said, "Okay, I'll answer that prayer." But it's not going to be um, that your church is going to become this great big church that people are going to come flocking to. And, but the, the real hero in this story is going to be the mom and the dad who are sharing faith with their kids. And the gospel is going to go forward in that place. And you as a pastor have the opportunity to come alongside them and to help them in this gospel ministry that he's entrusted to parents, such a vital thing. Well, Mark, you say not all churches are the same. You need to find a church that will equip you and your home to be the primary place where your family's faith is nurtured. You had said earlier how we like during this pandemic um, to be able to sit with our dog at our feet and a coffee and uh, are we, should we be looking for a church like that? Or <laughs> what, what do we look for in a church that, uh, that, that it would truly be helpful to us as parents um, in nurturing our kids' faith. You know, and I wish I, wish I had the magic answer to that, but um, I think we can, it, it falls a lot on us, how we are going to use the church and the resources of the church. If we, again, are using them to primarily get us out of having to do it ourselves, well, then that's on us. That's not so much on the church. That's us choosing to let them do it for us and us not do it. If we choose, and there are some churches that will gladly do that and will never ask you any questions. We'll never, we'll, you'll, you, you'll be able to get away with that without any problem. And they will never say a word and never. But what I am seeing today is most churches, because most curriculums today, children's curriculums, youth curriculums, I don't know of any pastor that really wants their people just to be one-hour consumers of church, right? Where they say, just come to us for an hour and that's all you need. Now live your life a completely different way the rest of your life. And don't even worry about talking to your kids about it. No pastor is going to say that. No church is going to do that. They may not vocalize and be out front and saying they're faith at home focused, but they're not anti-faith at home. And actually, I don't know of any pastor that's against it or any church that wouldn't say we want our people to be living their faith. We want parents to be the primary influence. But sometimes it is going to fall. And most of the curriculums do provide things for you to do at home. You put your kids into a children's program, chances are they're going to be sending something home for you to do with your kids. Is it just going to sit on the van room van floor or are you going to actually do it? Are you actually going to engage in it? There's going to be things that you can do at home, Bible studies you can do at home that the church is going to recommend, books that you can read that the church is going to recommend. Are you actually going to read those books at home? Are you actually going to? So obviously you're looking for churches with programs that are going to resource you at home as well. And that's a pretty simple as you're looking for a church 
when you sit down and say, okay, tell me about your children's program, and then what resources will you have that will be coming home? In your youth program, what resources will you have to help me with my son or daughter during the teen years? How are you going to be coming alongside? You can ask those questions, and, and trust me, there will be churches that will be able to give pretty easy answers to those questions and say, here's what we got. But then if a church really struggles to say, and you can tell, if they're really struggling to give you any answer and they just kind of are saying, I kind of don't really have much for parents, I just want your kids, well, then that might not be the right fit. Because then you're saying, well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I'm needing help. And I want to stay the number one influence. I want to be an influence in the life of my son or daughter during the teenage years. So I'm looking for a youth program that's not only going to help him, but is going to help me as well. To, to do that as well. So these, we do need to ask. It's all, and it's okay to ask churches. What I think you'll find is most churches do have options for you at home to do. They're just not used to people coming forward actually asking that question. And they're going to be like, so I, 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 that's what I'm saying is when you look for a church, look for one, but, but then you, I got to hit the other side. It's probably there. You got to actually use it. You got to actually tap into it. You got to actually do that. So uh, it's a little bit on both sides of the fence there. Uh, let me ask you a question, Mark. This, this is a sensitive question. Um, is there ever a place to leave a church if you are trying to get involved? You're trying to see some of those things happening, but the leadership is just not interested in that. They maybe put on a good show, if I can use that, that if I can say that, but they, they, they do a good Sunday morning service, but they're not really equipping what's happening at home. Would you, would you leave a church like that? You know, one of the things that um, has helped in this whole faith at home conversation movement over the last 15 years is when we can now, and I'm just going to speak to it from the side of it being a pastor. If you want to get my attention show me some research, show me some data, give me some stories, give me a picture of what something, where the problem currently is, along with some practical ideas for what can be done to address it that are pretty, and then you have my attention. But don't just give me a book and say, read this, Pastor, you got because I'm going to put it on a stack with the other 25 books I'm supposed to read and, and probably never get to it. And that's where one of the things I want to say, and I want to come at this also from the parents' perspective. What are we, what should we be wanting to do at home? What does it mean to be a faith at home household? And then that also sets up then what does it mean to be a faith at home church? Is that to be a faith at home household? As we really started to examine, so like when do I know? that like I'm actually doing faith at home. Like what, would somebody give me a little bit of a, and so I remember that's what we spent some time doing is what does that mean anyway? Well, obviously prayer should be in the home. What are some of the things that show that we are living in love with God at home? Well, if you're living, truly living in love with God, you're going to be praying at home because you're in love with God and that's talking with him. You're going to be reading the word at home. You're going to be in the Bible at home, both personally as a couple, with your children, with your teenagers, Bible reading. The Bible is a prominent part of your home life. Prayer is a prominent part of your home life. Just talking. That's what I love about Deuteronomy 6. Having faith talk, spiritual conversations. That's a big word, but I just, I, faith, just talk about God. Talk about what God's doing in your life. Talk about what you just read in the Bible. Talk about so that it's easy to talk about God. That should be happening in a home, not just when you go to church. That should be a normal part of home life is faith talk. 
And then this whole thing of worship is that we shouldn't just be worshiping at church one hour a week. We can worship in the car as we listen to Christian music and so forth. Worship can take so many different forms and ways to do it. But get our wrap our arms around. Imagine if we worship, and that's the one thing this pandemic is doing, is a lot of families are now worshiping together for the first time at home. Well, just because church reopens doesn't mean you have to stop having a time of worship at home. And so continue to do that. It's a good thing for us to, to worship at home. And then we also talk about that in the home, you should be engaged in serving others, doing community service as a house where you make a difference somewhere in your town or in your neighborhood or just your neighbor for just, you say, you know what, we're going to adopt one neighbor. We're going to do something because as a family, Christ came to serve, not to be served. And that's what we're called to do as well. And I tell you what, nothing bonds a family closer together. You could be like this, going out there fighting like cats and dogs. And then you go do a service project together. And afterwards, all of a sudden you guys are all good together because it's it's like it readjusts it resets you serve together and then the other thing that we talk about is i think every household should have a mission i don't know what that mission is for you but some sort where is it that god's calling you as a household to be to help make a difference in the world it may be adopting a missionary it may be adopting a, a kid from a third world country compassion international through them it may be doing some sort but what's your mission what, what is a mission that you guys really are all together saying that's our mission as a couple? That's our mission as a family. And, and when that's happening, and, and then, so for us, and that's, is that happening in homes today? So now to get to your question, we then had to examine and say, okay, if that's the key attributes to being a faith at home household, is that happening today? And at what level is it happening today? Are people doing those things in the home? Are they reading the Bible in the home, having faith talk at home? Are they doing it personally? Are they doing it with their spouse? Are they doing it with their children? Are they doing it with their teenagers? And we wrote uh, that research. As you know, Brian, you were one of our lead researchers on it. Hoofda, did we learn a lot of what is happening in homes today that we had never seen before. No one's done that deep of a dive before for us. And it was so exciting because we got all that information just before the pandemic hit. So we had a really good picture of what was happening in the home that we were going to be able to take out to churches and show them to wake them up to the reality of faith life at home. And we had that this book called Faith at Home Revealed just got published, pandemic hits. And so now all of a sudden, you know, everything has changed. What we don't know is what has it changed to because we're not through this pandemic yet. And will we just go back to this or will this pandemic have changed us? But one of the things I want to encourage parents with is this isn't just a book for churches. This isn't just research for them. <laughs> I think as a parent, when you read it, you will be like, oh, that's totally us. Oh, yep, that's us too. Or that's where we find, oh, wow, we're better than that. That's, that's good. That's encouraging. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we're a little worse in that area. But it's very revealing that you enjoy kind of reading the data and the statistics, and you can find out and kind of compare and take a look at where are we at compared to 
kind of what others churchgoers, because this is over 5,000 churchgoers that, that went through this. So it's pretty, it's, it's very revealing. So I want to encourage parents. This is kind of a helpful, and it gives some practical suggestions too, but, but then this is really good for the church too, but because it helps the church see like, oh my goodness, we do have some work to do. I mean, because obviously we want our, our, our couples praying together, but they're not. Or we want to see, and when you see what's not happening in the home, it helps you know what you need to address as a church as well. So for me, that having that data, that information, and what's going to be fun for us is in about whenever this pandemic ends, and then we got to give it some time, we're going to survey a bunch more again, and then we're going to see what's changed. So there will probably be a Faith at Home Revealed Part 2, a post-pandemic, and did the needle move? Did the attitudes change? Did the behaviors change? Did what's, what, what changed as a result of this? So that's kind of a little bit of insight, but that's what I want to say to families. What does it mean to be a Faith at Home household? Prayer, Bible reading, faith talk, worship, community service, and engaging in missions. And when you've got you know, a pretty good, boy, I tell you what, faith is definitely in your home. It's being lived 24-7. It's not just at church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we um, isolated it down or grouped them, I guess, into into those seven categories, as you mentioned, Mark. And and so if you're a, a church leader or if you are a, a mom or dad, uh, even grandparent, and you're just wondering, you know, what's the takeaway from all of our time together as we've been talking about this faith at home uh, stuff, as we've been talking about a home makeover? What does it look like at home? We actually identified what we call the big three, and that's um, how can we increase uh, prayer at home? How can we increase Bible reading, devotions, whatever you want to call it? And then how can we increase faith talk? Now, we do have seven, but we call those the big three. So if you're looking for a place to start, if you're a pastor, if you're a church leader, children's ministry person, how can you help parents? How can you help people do more of that stuff at home? And if you are at home and asking, you know, where do I start? Take a look at those three areas. That's that's a good place to start. There are other areas that we do address, but uh, but those are key areas as well. Mark, I, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about this question that I want to pose to you. Um, the question is in that area of you know this is what it looks like, or these are the practices. I want you to in your mind think if if there's a family that you know that comes to your mind that kind of gets this and describe that family a little bit because I think a lot of times we have this perfect family in mind that you know they do all of these seven things and every day they have their devotions and that sort of thing so I wonder if there's a family that comes to mind I want to plant that uh, question um, but just before we go to that, you, you mentioned in number four, key number four in this section, about the church needs to become your family's third place. What do you mean by that? Well, obviously, we spend a lot of our time home, spend our, a lot of time at work, and at work slash school. Those are in where, where you just look at where do we spend the majority of our time is there. So it makes sense that if we truly want to be a people that are living our faith, I mean, home is where we spend the majority of our time. Next place that we spend the next is going to be at work. How are we living? And there's been a lot of tools and resources written for how you can do faith at work too. We've left that to those other organizations that do that. But then what about that third place? That's the role of the church is because if, if third place is the soccer program, if third place is hockey, if third place is, then that's where you're going to devote a lot of your 
time, energy, and resources, and you're going to be the hockey family. You're going to be the this or that. And so we really encourage people to say, is church that valuable third place that you, you, you love the church? Now, and this is, I want to come back to attitude on this too. This is that I think for many, and it was the case for me, for a long time, church was something I had to do. And I, when I had to go, I mean, I remember my mom, I'd be sleeping downstairs as a teenager and she'd come turn on the lights and open it, open the door, turn on the light time to go to church, Mark. And I'd literally every time go, mom, do I have to? And a lot of times if I whined enough and, and, and she'd maybe say no, but, uh, and I'd get out of it. But, and, um, but most of the times it was, yes, you, you, yes, you have to go. So get up. And I'm just like, Oh mom, do I really have to? Yes. So get going. And so then I'd grumble and mumble and off we went. But I'll never forget the one time she did that. I, I did the same response. Do I have to? And her response was no. And I just thought, man, Jesus had just returned. I'm like, this is as good as it gets. Finally, the breakthrough has happened that I've always wanted. And then it got spoiled because she followed it with, you don't have to go to church. You get to go to church. And I was like, oh, mom. But where are we at? What do our kids see in us? Is church something we have to do so that we've checked the box and said we've done the God thing for the week? We've acted the part, behaved the part, dressed the part, and so forth. Or is church something that we say, that's something I get to do? I get to go to a small group where I get fed and being around other people in a small group. I get to go to church and find a mission that we can do as a family. I get to be a part of something that's going to resource me and, and be a part of a bigger work. That I get to be hanging around the bride of Christ, and, and, she, and she's going to help me know, love, and follow Christ even more. I mean. I just, you can't stop me from going because that is something I want to do. I get to do. So I think that's a lot of what I'm trying to say is I think, and I think our kids see the difference. If church is something we have to do, they too will have a have to attitude. And you watch as they get older, it'll come out. If you have the have to attitude, so will they. But if you have a get to attitude, man of life. And that's probably what I've seen, Brian, in the families that really do faith at home well. Jesus is not something they have to do. It's, it's not organized religion. It's not doing church. These are households now that have moved from doing church and being hypocritical and being fake and just kind of to being true, in love with God households that live it out, not because they have to do these things. They want to pray together. They want to be, and because dads want to be different dads than the dad they had. Moms want to be different moms. They want their home to be different than the home they grew up in. And they understand that if I take and actually move this into relationship and go somewhere, it's got to be more than just doing church. So I think a lot of people get it because doing church wasn't right for them and didn't work for them. And it didn't work for their household growing up. So they're drawn to saying, I think this faith at home and the ones that do that and take the risk and get past the awkwardness that at first is going to exist man, you see them literally change and you're like, I can't believe that guy is now praying with his daughter. Are you kidding me? Who would have ever seen it? Can't believe that dad is now going with his son on a retreat and they're talking about God's design on sex and relationships. And it's just he and his son doing it. What? I mean, trust me, most people would have said, I know him. No way would I have ever seen that he would ever do that if you would have asked me that five years ago. 
but faith mm-hmm. at home has just gotten a hold of them and they get it. And it's just like, man, it's so cool to watch. And then when you think about it, are those kids are growing up with that as normal. That means when they have kids of their own, they're going to know how to do it because they had a dad who did it with them, a mom that did it with them. This is so multi-generational in impact. That's why it's such a huge uh, pivoting critical component of faith for the not just now, but faith for the future generations. What happens at home is just way more important and influential than going to church. So church needs to be about, re- and the church desires to resource the home, and the church has tools to resource the home, and the church would love, if you just come ask for help, trust me, the church is going to be there to help. So don't fall for the easy out, which is, or I could just let the church do it for me. That was never our intent as a church. We're going to offer great programs when they come, but it's so that that's to enhance what's happening at home. And so not to be a replacement for it. So to me, that's the beautiful part. Church is a great resource, but we have to use it in the correct manner that was intended to be used. Well, I think you kind of answered the question already. Um, you gave us several pictures of uh, a, a dad who is going on a retreat with his kid, talking about some of those things. I don't know if you uh, have other pictures in your mind of families that get this, but you know, a lot of times, you know, perhaps those even that are listening feel like um, this faith at home thing is for the perfect family, and you sit down and have devotions. Um, what, what is what is faith at home? If we kind of come full circle all the way back to this, what does it look like for, let's say, Joe and Sally and their two kids? What, what does that look like? It's when Joe calls me, and Joe was a churchgoer with his wife, Sally. And, and this is a real story of real people that I'm changing the names for, as, as I always do. But Joe had been sitting in church for years. Joe got involved on council, went to church council, sat there. His wife was in in women's ministry and went to the women's Bible study. And then their kids were in youth group. And his daughter was in our senior high youth group and in a small group there. And his son was in our middle school youth group. And perfect family, right? And then... uh, I see Joe, he leads prayer at the council meeting. I saw his daughter, she would lead prayer occasionally in her small group. And so just, yeah, this great godly family and all good. Get a call from Joe and, hey, Mark, would you have a chance to come over to my house? I'd like to talk to you about some, some things and I'd rather not do it over the phone. And I'm like, sure. I mean, when you're the chairman of the council um, and I'm a youth guy, I'm totally doing whatever he says. So I show up at his house and he's a very, I get there and I'm completely intimidated because little did I know he lives in a, it would be a, a very big home on the lake that is very majestic. And so now I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this guy is, find out that he's CEO of a major company and I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I doing here at 22, 23 years old? come in the doors and there's two staircases going down to an indoor outdoor pool we go down and sit down and and then he just says you know i'm having some issues with my daughter and i'm like really and he's like well you know she's 
I think she's pushing, she's pushing the boundaries. We've set these boundaries and she's, she's wanting to come later. She's, and he just kind of went through a litany of things, but none of them are what I would call severe. It wasn't like drugs. It wasn't like, it was just the beginning of, they had always been this and now they were starting to do this and she was starting to resist and she was starting to, and he didn't like that. And he wasn't responding the right way all the time. And it was starting to kind of become this and this, and they were pulling apart. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And of course I'm sitting there going, man, this guy is so, so what should I do? And I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Am I going to say I'm not a parent? And so I just, said what came out of my mouth first, thinking I got to come up with something better than this. And I just said, Joe, it sounds like something you should pray with her about. And I mean, and then I was trying to think of something better to say. And, but his look at me told me everything. And I finally was like, wait a second, Joe, are you, you haven't prayed with her about this? Wait, you haven't ever prayed with her? Are you saying you don't pray with your daughter? I mean, you're the chairman of our council. You pray all the time at council meetings. She's in our youth group. I've seen her pray in youth group. I've never, I've never prayed with her, Mark. I said, Joe, when she gets home from school, sit her down in the same spot that we're sitting and say, sweetie, I love you. I love when her relationship is here. And I know that the teen years, the world says that this is supposed to happen and we're just supposed to do this and you're going to end up hating me and I'm going to end up hating you because that's what the world says it's supposed to be. But I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says that. So could we, but it's starting to happen. What could we, would you mind praying with me that God would do this so that this doesn't happen? So that this doesn't happen? He looked at me and he said, are you serious? I said, Joe, just pray with her. See what happens. I'll never forget the phone call I got back from him. And how that began something that has lasted to this day. She's now married with kids. and But it changed their whole relationship and changed the whole dynamic. And that has been for me probably the number one picture, story, example, living example of why faith at home has become what's critical to me is that that's a good church-going person that had no clue how to introduce the one thing that God wants to use, one of the things God wants to use to keep them together. We've got some work to do. But when it happens, it's not hard. Anyone can do it. It doesn't matter whether you've done it before or not. When it happens, God changes things. And it's what can hold the family together in ways nothing else can. So that's probably the best picture I have for you of a real person, a real family. I could tell hundreds of others, but that one has always stuck with me. Fantastic, Mark. Um, You know, there is a passage... um, it's in Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 17, something like that, where it's talking about what he has mentioned earlier about um, impressing these things upon your kids, loving the Lord your God with all your heart and letting it be on your heart first, then impressing on your kids. And then later on in the book, it says, this is your life. 
This is what life is about, loving the Lord your God and impressing these things upon your kids. There is nothing more important. This is the key role for moms and for dads and for us as individuals uh, is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, this has been a, a great discussion as we've talked today about the church makeover and the important role of the church in this journey of faith development, but not to replace or to outsource the role that God has given the parents to play and the home to play in faith development. But uh, if you would like more information about either the ministry of faith at home or the resources that we have to offer, uh, please contact us. Uh, You can find out more information on our website, faithathome.com, or I'll give you Mark's uh, email address. I know he'd love to hear from you. It's just mark at faithathome.com. Please reach out to us. I'm Brian Seward, and along with Pastor Mark Holman, this has been a discussion on a home makeover based on Mark Holman's book, Faith Begins at Home. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Here We Are, So Here We Go podcast with Pastor Mark Holman. For more information about this podcast, The Log Church, or Faith at Home Ministries, go to our webpage, herewego.fm. If you were blessed by today's episode and would like to financially support this podcast, please click on the support button at herewego.fm.